Welcome to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode 57. 57, baby. Hi, Lauren. How you doing, Brooke? You know, out of all the times, out of the 57 times that we've done this, yes. I think this is the least prepared <laughs> that I have ever been. I don't know that you should lead with I'm that just necessarily. Saying, I want to lead with that. You're to lowering set the bar the expectations. today. Let's set the expectations <laughs> right now. I have no idea where this is going to go. Uh, this has been a weekend full of birthday fun and troubleshooting technology and trying to prepare for us leaving town on like we're going to we're gone all week this week and school meetings and all of the things and my brain is all over the place and the last thing that I was able to do is think about today's podcast. Okay, well let's start with something <laughs> fun then. Okay. Uh you said filled with birthday stuff. Yeah. Kendrick your son, your youngest of four, turned yes. six. Is that he right? Turned six. He was actually he turned six uh, last week. It was on when we recorded the podcast last uh, last Monday. Okay, it was his birthday. Um, but due to ice and snow, um, we decided that having a bounce house outside not a good idea was probably not the best idea. So we pushed <laughs> it for a week, and turns out it was perfect. It was it, San Diego weather this past week. It was great. A little warmer than San Diego weather, I think. Oh, Eighty. But Come on. <laughs> It was, uh, but I mean, how crazy is that? Like, yeah, so yes, we had a blast. He had tons of fun. He had all his friends over and we built Legos and he got presents. Didn't, and didn't you comment on Sunday that one of your kids says something about getting a sunburn on Saturday? I, that's what I'm saying. And like, that it was cold How insane is this Sunday? state that we were in shorts and a t-shirt on Saturday sweating outside and my kids are wanting to swim in the pool on Saturday, even as it's getting colder. And then Sunday rolls around, and we're all bundled up again. We're worried. Like, I just got a notification this morning that I saw that it was like, it might snow this week. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's crazy. Like, can it's we nuts. not Can we not make up our minds? Like, I get it. A groundhog saw Who, his shadow. Whose and, mind are you talking about? Do you think the Lord is doing this? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't <It's>, either. <laughs> can we? I think it's the geography of where we live. I feel like it's, it's your, just, psalm, your own written right. psalm prayer. God, can you not um, just, just make consistently up your mind? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's nuts, man. So yeah, we had a lot of fun, and the weather was gorgeous, and uh, and it was perfect. Grandparents did, were there. And did we had Kendrick feel a lot of love? Was he loving it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. His his buddy from all of his buddies, he has like he has this uh, this one buddy that that is his his apparently his best friend at school because he's the one that he comes home and talks about all the time. Yeah. And uh, so we got to meet his mom and his sister, and they came over and and hung out with us all afternoon, and um, and wow. so it was, it was you know we got to figure out how to actually pronounce his or actually spell his name because you know he's six, and so it's like is it this or is it that? And he's like yeah, <laughs> like, no no no, I I ask a question, it's one or the other. He's like I don't know, so it was good. We got to we got to have a lot of fun and celebrate Kendrick and eat more cupcakes and all the fun things. Love it. So yeah, love but it. But speaking of fun. We had a chili cook-off yesterday. That was so fun. And I say, speaking of fun, it sounded a lot of fun. I was <laughs> you troubleshooting missed... the entire time. Uh, you missed out on and a party. I'm I not even. Some, I took some pictures, and it smelled really good. Oh, it was so good. And that was the extent of my experience. You know, I, I think that even if we didn't have a pandemic, and 
and, you know, the last two years weren't full of, of disconnection, it would have been really fun. But I think especially because, I mean, there were weeks we didn't have church on campus. We only were right. online or there were, there were many, 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 many weeks that just a ton of people weren't coming to church because of the pandemic mm-hmm. and other, other maybe related, uh, things. And to have just a full house on a Sunday morning and worship and then go into that cafeteria, the way they, the way they decked out the place with tables and chili all around the perimeter and such good food, laughter. Um, I met several new people. Um, it was just so fun. It was so fun. It was yeah. everything I was hoping it would be yeah. for our church yeah. as a family, you know? Yeah, I mean it it was it was just it was cool to see. I mean it's just, you know, when you have buzz in that room, it's fun. Yeah. You know, it just adds a different level it of does. of uh of enjoyment, I guess. And then when you add the good food, like what you know, there's been Oof. times that we've like Cooked, cooked cookies or somebody was baking something in the kitchen and it's like the entire what was the pancakes the pancake breakfast that we did you know yes. last year it was like the entire place smelled like sausage and maple syrup you you're know hungry so when you're like, not hungry you're just so this excited is, this is great and Absolutely. so yesterday was very similar it was like and then i was laughing because somebody was like hey are you like are you excited about about like chili you excited to go eat some chili and i looked at my watch and i was like no it's nine fifteen. Like, <laughs> no, I don't want chili right now. I'm still waking up. You, still. you evidently hadn't walked through the cafe yet because I was thinking the same thing. Like, I don't think I should be hungry yet, especially for chili in the morning. But just walking through the cafe and just getting that waft of of goodness. <laughs> I know. I agree. It smelled really good, and there were tons <laughs> of things. I think it's more of the idea of chili. Like, if you've had the like the Hormel's chili or whatever out of a can, you know, and the ways that your body tends to respond to those kinds of things, that you just kind of get this idea of chili in the morning. Just, I don't know, but it did smell really good. And, um, okay, so do you know who the winners were? Because I, I missed all of the I end. think like, I do. I, I missed out on everything. I so. think I do, yes. Um, uh, first of all, well, there's a popular vote, and uh-huh. there was a judge's vote. Right. Okay. In the popular vote, uh, I am 98% sure it was the foodie group. Okay. That's what they've been calling themselves. Uh, Craig and Christy Hopkins, uh-huh. Tanner and Shelby, Abby and John O'Reilly, bunch of other folks i think abby was representing with her apron or she was there the whole was, time and it was i'm telling you right now it was as my favorite i'm so not they, go, i'm not gonna lie i was a touch disappointed when i walked by because i thought it, i thought they went with queso instead of chili well it looked like i know it, was, it had that white queso <laughs> look and so just it was like, it was so good because i would i would choose queso over chili <laughs> right any day personally oh, oh. i'm not saying you know oh great popsicles this is the best chili this is great this is great you know so it was like uh, yeah. no it was it was really good that was the popular vote and then the <laughs> judges did not give the foodies first place okay i was asked to be a judge but knowing what i was dealing with the... i gave my i gave my score sheet away oh you did i did oh i was trying to this be a protest now well, it wasn't Don't uh, mention that. as planned, I bet. You can edit that out. <laughs> the judges gave first place to Rachel Woods. Oh, Rachel Woods. Who is, um, it, she She did not cook on behalf of her own group. I think her group did a separate <laughs> She separate said, deal. forget you guys, I'm doing, I'm doing my own thing. I think. I could be wrong. <laughs> um, but all I, all that to say, she, she wrecked shop, and, and hers was really good, too. Quick shout out to Kelly Morris. Okay. Kelly Morris uh, decided, okay, I'm not going to do it on behalf of a group. Her group name was called K 
Kelly Morris. Uh, when do we meet? She wrote, never. never. And then description <laughs> of your group, and she said, I just make really good chili. Nice. <laughs> and she got second in the popular vote and second in the judges. And how many tickets did we give Daryl beforehand? Ooh, good call. Did Daryl just like Again, steal them reason out? for protest. You've got a lot to edit out here. <laughs> Um, I'm sure her chili was, was it was really good really stuff. Good too. Really yeah. good stuff. I'm disappointed that I didn't get to uh, enjoy it as much as as I wanted to, but it did smell really good. You know, and you know what's cool is Jordan and I were talking about this this morning. Okay, our church has this weird. I'm just calling all of our people out. Listen, lean in. I'm about to call you out. Our church has a weird culture. Okay. I've been here almost four years. Yeah. Of everybody just leaving quickly after church. Yeah. It's genuinely one of my least favorite things about Colonial. <laughs> because I've been a part of churches before uh-huh. where you got to kick people out. Right. You know? Right. And, and, and people just want to hang around and talk. And and I have no idea what... It, it's not Cowboys games, because that's pretty rare at noon on a Sunday. And <laughs> It's not, you know, we're all going to go do this fun stuff in the mountains right next door or whatever, like it was in Colorado. Like, I just can't relate to it. Uh, we speculate it may be a little bit about this the 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 map of our campus okay. and it's just the way we just have a funky layout and the cafe is not your natural flow of people anyway. But I say all that to say Sunday was different. There was a ton of people mm-hmm. that hung around for quite a while, and then even when a lot of people had come through and eaten and finally left, we still had like a core of a large number of people that. It felt like it was 2 o'clock, and we were still there. It wasn't. It was like 1230. <laughs> but it, it felt like we were there for a long – and it just was – it was so good and right. I mean, that's what you want for family, you know. You yeah. want – you kind of want to go, oh, my goodness, time flies. We're still here, you know. It's the opposite experiences we can all think back to of, like, the clock is not moving. I keep checking my watch. You know, mm-hmm. when, are, when are we going to get out of here? <laughs> that doesn't happen. So – uh, it, that was part of the fun for me yesterday is just the vibe that lasted a long, long time. People just, I think, really enjoyed being together. It was yeah. fun. It was fun. I mean, I'm sure adding food to the mix of things. Always. Good chili. Always helps. We had good chili weather. I'd like to, I'd like to take it did several people either blamed me or thanked me, depending <laughs> on how you want to interpret it, for asking God for, for chili appropriate weather hmm. um in fact uh one guy john o'reilly grabs me on the way out he goes okay now listen you need to talk to god again and tell him to bring the warm weather back can you can you like i have that? some kind of pull yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have that phone what's the, the did the batman have his own phone in adam west and the bat phone adam or something west. <laughs> did you see the batman this weekend by the no. way i did not either no i, I think uh i think when um, I don't. I don't think I can see Robert Pattinson. Pattinson, or Pattinson whatever. Yeah. I don't think I can see him as anything yeah, other than the Twilight dude, which was terrible. Which was also movies I didn't see. But I, now I, I just have this. this awful. I just have this stigma in my head. But I'm also like, I'm not sure. And maybe this is me getting old. But I'm like, does it get better than Christopher Nolan's I'm version? With you there. The Christopher Nolan trilogy, some of my favorite movies of all time. Because those were just so good. And Heath you know, Ledger, like, you know, I don't, the, I don't the know. critics really like this one. I'm intrigued. It's really because be per- everything I saw was not not excited. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes was like 86, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mine is not 98 or something informal, like Informal. Yeah. You know, my, my rotten Facebook that was. Well, it's pretty dark. It, it, it may not be up everybody's alley. But the Christopher Nolan ones were not 
bright and shiny. I know, but I think this is darker. Okay. Just so you know. Yeah. Is he better than? Uh, did you go? You went and saw it. No, no, no. I actually talked trash about going to see it last night, and uh, it's a th- it's almost three hours. Is it really? Yeah. And so I just I was too tired. I didn't. Go. Is it better than Ben Affleck? Yes. Okay. Hands down. And I actually like Ben Affleck, <laughs> but no, it's way it's got to be better. I struggled with that. I was like, that's what you went with better. after after uh, Christian Bale. You went to Ben Affleck. Like, eh. Well, there's a lot going on in the world. A lot going on in the world. Um, crazy right now it's it's really crazy it's getting really bad in the ukraine is it the ukraine we talked about this last it is, week it is not it's ukraine it is ukraine the the, the country of ukraine well i was on it the, used to be i was on the facebook the facebook and i saw that it was the ukraine i don't know what I'm the uh, if from what i understand <laughs> it was the ukraine it was in the soviet union era ah and then after that that's helpful it changed and now it's its own country called ukraine the more you know there you go with brooke james i see that star star coming across the screen yeah so i i saw this on i was going to share this uh on twitter we had a little bit of a sobering slash funny moment uh a russian twitter account um specifically an ambassador, Russian ambassador in the embassy in South Africa of all places. Uh, he, he posted this. He said, we appreciate your support and glad you decided to stand with us today when Russia, like 80 years ago, is fighting Nazism in Ukraine. And hmm. he thanked South African followers for, uh, I guess, supposedly lending their support. To I was going to say, is that the, who, he's, he's, thanking, he's thanking the South Africans he's, for their he's support? He's thanking their support for, for, for Russia's invasion. Hmm. And the German embassy, <laughs> I think this is fun. I grew up in Germany, so I liked this. The German embassy in South Africa clapped back, if you will. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and they called out Russia specifically for, quote, slaughtering innocent children, women, and men for its own gain. I mean, they just went all out on yeah, this Yeah, you're, right, you're right. That's hilarious. That part's not oh, at sorry. all funny. Okay. And then they continued, it's definitely not, quote, fighting Nazism. Shame on anyone who's falling for this. Hmm. Parentheses, sadly, we're kind of experts on Nazism. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's funny. All right, so that's the, the Germans are stepping up. Yes, and and I grew up in Germany where they don't they don't like to talk about their history when it comes to Nazism. There's like this the, the, the span of of several years that the history books kind of ideally are quiet about because mm. it's like ah that's not our finest hour. In fact, that's okay. the opposite. So to ha- and granted, times change and generations right. you know move forward, but to have them recognize their own. <laughs> connection to nazism and say ah we should know and this is not yeah. it this, we, don't we don't be the don't use here. that word wow. to describe your awful choices hmm. so that that gained some traction uh in the twitter verse that uh yeah i missed that maybe kind of reflects what's going on you know um huh crazy stuff going on in the world man that's different that's a different take on it for sure, uh-huh. at least from than than everything that I've seen, and I think it's you know like like when we talked about it, we talked about this last week, and um, um, you know getting some updated information and things like that from uh, World Relief. That's that's like this is what they do, right? Yeah, we we are here in Texas, and we do what we do here, and and so being experts on the sure. uh, the the Ukrainian and Russian. Uh, conflict is is not our strong suit, 
Right. You know, but I, for somebody that, that what they do is deal with, um, you know, refugees and crises right. like this and, and humanitarian things like to learn from them is, is, is good. And so to hear from them and hear them really say, helpful. you know what, there is so much information coming from all different sources. Russia is putting out certain information. Ukraine is putting out certain information. And you can't really uh, bank on any of those. Um, I think it was I think it was listened to a, a podcast that was talking about it. it was like right now because of because everything is so dramatic in the height of all of it that one side is going to say that, you know, Russia is going to minimize casualties and Ukraine is going to maximize casualties. And, you know, in their in their reporting and telling people what's going on, because they're either trying to say it's not that big of a deal, like, you know, Ukrainian people want this or the Ukrainian people are saying, look, world, this is how drastic it is. And it's like you can't really trust all those things out there. And and so it just it comes back again to, man, it's sure hard to tell anymore. Yeah. No doubt, which is another great excuse to say, maybe to myself as much as anybody, let's be careful where we're getting our information, and let's and let's maybe even beyond that, if it, let's take it with a grain of salt. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think unlike, well, I shouldn't say unlike, but it's just different than 20, 30, 40 years ago, where you're getting your news, where you're getting your information. Everything's so instantaneous and viral, yeah. and and who knows. You know, cyber warfare. I'm I'm so naive to all that. So, I think we've got to be extra careful about where we're getting information. I will say one of the loudest voices to me, you know, so to speak, much closer to it is the fact that Switzerland <laughs> is not neutral on this. Like, I don't know if if we recognize how they they were neutral <laughs> about Hitler about Hitler, yeah, and they're not neutral about this. Mm. Uh, we've got Scandinavian countries who did not want to be a part of the European Union who are now saying, please, can we be part of the European Union? Wow. Uh, that are taking a side. And oh, yeah. they're right there. They, they've got people um, that they know, they're in relationship mm. with, they're privy to information. Um, that just speaks so loudly to me, you know? Yeah. Um, of course, you've got Russian, Russian protesters in Russia. Of course. That I think it speaks loudly to me that they're like, ah, this is not good. This is not right. I have no idea. Yeah. And of course, none of it, none of it's to, you know, not make light of, but to, you know, we st- don't want to, don't want to breeze over the fact that there are people dying. There are people being so many drastically, evidently. if not life and death affected by this. And the last thing I saw was like 1.5 million people have already fled and are, um, you know, refugees to these, to the, uh, the surrounding countries. And, and I mean, hard to say that you could just stay there and everything will be fine. But, you know, this is, you know, regardless of, of where the truth lies in the middle of, of numbers and reporting and all of that stuff, it is drastically affecting people's lives and ending entirely too much life. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So we're now on the other side of awaken. We have, we have, um, finished up our, um, our, our 30 day of uh, 30 days fasting and praying that was uh, that ended I guess right after right after we recorded the podcast last week we had another day or so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and you talked about having some time to you know making sure we had we took time to reflect on um, you know the the previous 30 days so it, I, I th- and I think that's great because 
it's so easy to say, yeah, cool, I did it. Now I'm going to eat again, or now I'm going to watch TV again, or now I'm going to go right back to whatever it was and not think about what is it that we you know, can learn from this kind of a deal. But yes. do you have any more, you have any extra takeaway, any, any more thought to, uh, to mm. wrap up awaken with now that we can eat and watch TV again <laughs> specifically <laughs> and get on social media. Or uh, whatever. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm a little excited about watching college basketball in March. Um, I've already stepped back into that quickly. <laughs> if I can be honest, um, you can, it's okay. But, um, I, I guess all I can share is my personal takeaways. Uh, I, I think for, I, maybe let me back up for all of us. You step into a, a, a practice, a, a, a new rhythm of any kind, a spiritual discipline, um, maybe best, best described and learn something from it, take something positive from it. And then it becomes just a distant memory and something that we never really do again, or we never really, um, infuse into our lives. I think that's a big miss. And so I, I do, you know, now it's, it's a full week after, you know, stepping out of this 30 day experience for a lot of us. I think it, 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 it's worth saying, okay, don't let, don't let too much more time go by without asking God, what do you want me to continue? Mm -hmm. Um, for me, there's one thing I want to continue uh, and there's one new thing I want to do. I'll go ahead and share that. One thing I want to continue is the blue book was especially helpful to me. I, I just recognize my own personality type. I really like a little bit of structure. If it's just like, hey, have a quiet time. Hey, yeah. spend some time with the Lord. Yeah. Well, I'm hit and miss. Uh, I'll do it for two hours and then I won't do it for three days. <laughs> and then, you know, like, um, and, I, and my, my default is I go to my journal, which is just this open-ended who knows what I'm going to do kind of experience, you know, but the blue book, just like our rooted material that I really, really appreciate. It's minimal, but it's some open-ended questions. It's some time, you know, you, you can fly through it, you know, this mm -hmm. past month in six or eight minutes, you could spend 45 minutes on it. Mm -hmm. And so I have found, I need some structure. Uh, and so specifically I have taken on, uh, another Bible reading plan that just gives me some real specific structure that I'm hoping that is a positive that comes out of the 30 day experience is to step forward into that. The, the new thing that I want to step into, which I think applies in this way in that, okay, there's different spiritual disciplines. M maybe I'm not going to fast in March. Maybe, maybe I'm not going to fast, you know, for a while. But what other spiritual disciplines do I kind of put my toe in the water in? Do I, do I lean into in this next season? And for me, um, even talking about David yesterday, maybe a good segue too, just, just the way God used solitude to, to shape and mold uh, David's heart and his character. And uh, I already love solitude anyway, um, so that's not, a, it's not nearly as challenging as fasting. <laughs> in that regard. Mm -hmm. But you know, what is challenging is making it happen, mm -hmm. making the time. I joked about single parents laughing at me yesterday. Like, yeah, oh, solitude. Yeah. I wish. Yeah, right. But you know, for all of us, we don't, we don't drift into solitude. Our jobs don't allow it. Our family relationships don't allow it. Uh, the noise of the world and our smartphones and everything else don't allow it. So for me, the new thing that I want to step into is planning for pl actually putting on my calendar and setting myself up for success 
without a uh, a phone, without an Apple Watch that buzzes on my wrist, with with full support of my wife, um, with an understanding of all the other work I got to get done still. Um, so that that's kind of where I am about a week after yeah. that thirty day experience is continuing something, but also maybe stepping into something new. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts well, on I, that? I, I had another question. I was going to follow up with that. So, so that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, look back at okay, this is what you've been through. Learning from that thing, I think you're you're right. For me, structure is a is a good thing um, to keep me accountable to things. Um, and and I've also learned that a structure that involves my smartphone is not structure. <laughs> um, you know, so like to carry around that blue book helped. You yeah. know, it helped remind me. Oh, right, 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 right. You know, oh, oh, I forgot. I mean, there was a couple of days in there that, uh, you know, the the life happened and I was like, sure. Oh, whoops. I didn't do that yesterday. You know, so there was I think there was like twice that I had to do a couple of extra days or whatever. But, but that kind of thing is, is good, you know, and to say, OK, well, what do we need to continue? I guess um, my follow up question then is, is from what you said, like that makes sense for someone that has um, that has really kind of stepped into this and, and, and done that. But what about the person who is, uh, dipping their toe in the water for this? Um, like newer to yeah, newer, spiritual disciplines? newer to the spiritual disciplines, newer to fasting. Maybe this is the first time they'd ever did it. They, they said, I'm going to do, I have, you know, something or whatever. A great response to that. <laughs> and I can't usually say that. Okay. <laughs> uh, one of my top 10 books uh, that I've read as an adult. So for me, that goes back about 30 years. John Ortberg, we need to put this in the show notes. Okay. John Ortberg, O-R-T-B-E-R-G, The Life You've Always Wanted. Uh, I know it sounds like uh, kind of your best life now, yeah. crap out of Houston or something. Um, <laughs> but it it's really a good, and I say Houston affectionately. I love Houston. Uh-huh. I love the people of Houston. Don't go down that road. I don't want any emails. B James at <laughs> colonialchurch.com. Um, in all seriousness, it's it sounds like kind of self-helpish, the life you've always wanted. It is a fantastic first read for anybody on spiritual disciplines. It's so good because he talks about the classic spiritual disciplines like fasting and prayer and solitude and things like that. But even more importantly, he speaks to us as novices, as new people to this, and he really asks the right questions. What what what's going to work for you? Mm-hmm. What's what's uniquely what what does God want to do that is unique to your bent, your life experience, your personality type that is going to shape and mold you? And he actually invites you to write out um, some practices, some rhythms that you might even create yourself. Uh, it's really good. Um, I've actually enjoyed talking to Tanner about it uh, the last couple of years. He, he read it as a part of his uh, uh, worship school experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I read it as a part of my seminary training, you know, 25 years ago. Good stuff. The Life You've Always Wanted by John Orberg. That's a great, any of our listeners who don't know what to do next, who don't know where to start, with spiritual disciplines, or even I would speak to those of you that would say, Oh, I've been there, done that. I've done all the spiritual disciplines. I'm, I've got my own rhythms, my quiet time rhythms. You know what? The life you've always wanted will challenge you in a new way. And I think it'll even spur some creativity in you, uh, to wrestle with, okay, what are some practices I I think God wants to, 
to infuse in my life. So, yeah. Well, and you, and you make a good point that, you know, I think that we, we talked about, um, you know, leading into the, into the fast is that it's, it's not the same for everybody. Not every, not everybody needs, as we talked about structure, right? Not everybody needs that kind of structure. And for some people, that kind of structure may be, uh, maybe even make it more difficult because now it becomes a burden or something like that. And, and so to be able to find your way through these spiritual disciplines and find the ways that, you know, I can't, I can't do things the same way that you do. You know, my brain doesn't always work that way. Absolutely. Um, although yours are amazing. Your ways are great. You but. just keep thinking that, Brooke. <laughs> Sarcasm noted. That's right. None <laughs> of that. I have never, never that. Uh, lessons from a king. We started this week. We yes. started diving into um, the, uh, the uh, let's say, the life of David. Can we say the life of David or yeah. just some lessons from someone named David? Well, it was more of an intro into who David was for yeah. sure and when he came on the scene. Um, yeah, I'm I, actually, it's been really cool. I got, I got some good feedback immediately yesterday from multiple people who have either said they're already fascinated by David or they've already read a lot about David. A couple people even saying, man, I've been studying David this, this mm. new year. It's cool that we're going to go into it as a church now. Um, one of our former elders who's in my small group last night, he's like, I didn't even know there was that much more written about David in the Bible than all these other people. Like, yeah. I love, I love when we're all learning something new, yeah. you know, um, I did share, um, from stage that I wanted to, to pass on a couple resources. Okay. Um, I'm a huge Eugene Peterson fan. And so, uh, he wrote a book called leap over a wall. Um, subtitle is earthy spiritual spirituality for everyday Christians. And it's his book on the life of David. Um, why are you smiling like that across the table? <laughs> it's just earthy. It just sounds funny. Yeah. <laughs> this is the earthy spirit. Well, and all, you know what? It's funny you say that because this book is not for everybody. Eugene Peterson, to me, is not only brilliant. He's the one, if you didn't know, who, who uh, paraphrased uh, the Bible into um, everyday contemporary language. He right. called it um, the message. Um, but he's, he's not only brilliant. He's, he's kind of artsy. He's kind of a feeler. Uh, and so, um, but he articulates the way God has revealed so much of his own heart through even the life of David so well. This mm -hmm. is a good book. Cool. Um, the other probably more accessible book to people is um, a book by Charles Swindoll, or he's commonly known as Chuck Swindoll, uh, and it's called the, the man, uh, David, the Man of Passion and Destiny. Um, and actually, Chuck Swindoll did some bi bi biographies on multiple heroes of the Bible. Mm -hmm. I think I have... His other books on Paul, on Moses, on Joseph, and I guess David. Those may be the only four I have. But, I and mean, this is an old book. This is like 20 or 30 years old. Um, but, like, we're going to spend a whopping five Sundays on the life of David. He's got, like, 20-plus chapters, yeah. different lessons on the life of David. It's really helpful stuff. You'll even see some of the things I shared yesterday were right out of Chuck Swindoll's book. Yeah. A um, couple good good sources to pass on for people for sure. Yeah. So you were talking about, um, you talked about heroes, um, you know, that we, that we are always, that maybe our, our society or just being human, that we're always looking for those people that we can look up to. And, um, and so I, I, in the moment I started thinking like for you, who, who is that? Who are those people? Can't say like, 
my dad and family or whatever or David like forget forget the Bible like who are the people that stick out to you as heroes that you look up to so not the Bible and not family I'm yeah, just, I'm just are, wanting to be clear yeah those are easy ones okay um I probably have shared this before but uh one of the first pastors I ever worked for his name is Bob Shield uh, he's a guy at the Methodist church. He's a right? Methodist pastor. And I think in so many ways, because of how surprising he was to me as a, as a role model that he's just, he's just left a long, probably a lifelong impact on me. He's, mm. he has different interests than me. He is m- super quiet and meek. That's, that's when I think of meek, I think of Bob Shield, mm. like not weak, just, just a very humble, quiet, uh, personality. Mm-hmm but uh, slow to act, so to speak. Um, and yet he's the guy that when he finally does something or says something, everybody listens. A uh, lot of just self-awareness and maturity about social dynamics and people. And, and then on top of all that, just a deep, deep love for the Lord. He is who I think of when I hear the term contemplative prayer. Uh, sometimes people call that meditation. It's like he just gets quiet by himself for long periods of time um, consistently because he wants to hear from the Lord. And it's not a practice that I think anybody else I've ever done life with does. I read about it, mm-hmm. but Bob lived it, lives it. Uh, so we haven't stayed in touch. In fact, I've always told myself over the last several years I was going to seek him out. We just have not lived in the same mm. part of the world in a long time. But he comes to mind. He's got depth. He's got character. He's got humility, and he's got devotion to the Lord for sure. Um, I'll think about it for a moment. Who comes to mind for you? Yeah, I, you know, again, super, super prepared for today. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think, I think thing the 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 thing that sticks out to me is is the, the people that um, are are not just willing but have given their lives to somebody else. Yeah. You know, um, you know, they've, they've spent their life and there's, of course, there's the mother Teresa's of the world that that's like, wow, that's crazy. Um, you know, you, you went, you, you took that to heart, (laughs) went above and beyond. Um, but Mm. I, I think about like, um, uh, Craig Greenfield and these are not people that I know, but I'm thinking, you know, just off the top of my head of people I've read their stories and, um, you know, uh, the, the Henry Nowens and the mm. ways that, uh, you know, not to mm. give away the end of a book, but, you know, the way that, that he spent his life, um, or at least the end of his life, spent it with... with um, um, Mentally disabled. Yeah. Uh, the, um, the, the Brian Stevensons of the world that have mm. created basically everything they do is fighting for vulnerable people yeah. and pushing others to see them and... Um, you know, th- those, those are the kinds of things that stick out to me Ooh. that that's really like, okay, you know, I can, I can live my life and, and, you know, be a good father mm-hmm. and whatever, but am I, am I really giving everything that I have for the people right. that, that need it, I guess? You know, you say that, I, I, I love all your examples there and, and those are examples from a distance, right? Uh, it's going to sound like I'm totally kissing butt here, um, but I, I real I want to say this, uh, you know, our, our current elders, all three of them, uh, in different ways are, are flat out heroic to me. Our elders are not paid staff members like you and I are. Um, our elders are not doing things on a stage in front of people. Uh, 
like like the Lauren Jones, the Tanner Hodges, even even our other pastors, including you at times. Um, they're they're cert- people just don't see that they have decided. Uh, Brett Swiger, Pat Page, and Doug Marchand have decided to give huge chunks of time behind the scenes to carry the 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 weight of responsibility of is our church being faithful? Are we being faithful with the resources we have? Are we making the hard, big decisions, uh, trying to honor the Lord in it? And then on top of that, they're just, they're serving, they're giving of themselves to people. Um, and I could not be more pleased with who God has raised up as elders here at Colonial right now. Um, specifically, I'll just, I'll just throw another, another level of gratitude out toward Doug Marchand. You know, Doug, we've heard his story before here, even on the podcast, and certainly uh, in church circles, if you've been around, you know, he was in prison. He, he, he'll tell you, he went from using and making and selling meth to being a church elder. <laughs> you know, God has just completely changed his life, and uh, I am inspired. That's what heroes do. I am inspired to watch Doug do anything and everything for people. He's incredibly generous. He gives money, gives time, gives other things away. Uh, he invites, he welcomes, he loves, uh, even to the point of it not fitting in a box and it being messy and inconvenient. You know, um, he just, he embodies, I think, God's grace in a lot of ways. And uh, to me, that's what heroes do. And on top of all that, it's not like back up for all three of our elders. They're not, they're not doing it for them. They're getting no money. They're mm-hmm. getting no recognition. They're getting no, you know, attaboys pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, every once in a while they get a complaint, you know, <laughs> they get pushback. And it's just, to me, that's what heroes do, you know. Um, so quick shout out to you guys uh, if you're there. Uh, so grateful for you guys and on behalf of our whole church. Thank you for chasing after Jesus as we as we chase after you all together. So you talked about um, you talked about uh, the the a couple of weeks back when when President Zelensky was uh, offered the opportunity to um, be special forces removed from uh, Ukraine to a safe place. And um, and said no no no, I'm I'm where I'm supposed to be. Basically, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. I think is what he said. Yeah. Um, and then and then this weekend you talk. I mean, it's it's easy to see that in the moment as heroic and leadership, and and it very likely is. Um, but you also talked about things like in his past, in his previous career of of comedy and stand up, and you say some things. Um, or that he's that he's put himself out there in ways that that maybe maybe not everybody would agree with. And it makes me start to think about the people that um, you know the 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 hist- like like people when we look at their history, right? So we could look at at presidents, right? The, the founding fathers of our nation. They did great things and also really some awful things. And uh, we, there's you know there's been countless. How many, you know, who knows how many, uh, you know, Christian leaders in the last several years that 
as they maybe they died mm. off and we found out, oh, this is actually how they were living their lives or they were living their lives and they got confronted with it. And now the entire thing has exploded. And yeah. so we look back at those things and it's like, so how do we, how do we, um, I don't even know how to ask this question, I guess, but how do we, uh, look at our previous screw ups are the ways that we have, you know, whether it's just, Oh, we made a mistake or we have just intentionally live our lives mm. in deceit or, um, or hidden or, you know, taking advantage of others. How do we, how do we deal with these yeah. things in looking at like, this is somebody that's a leader, that's a hero of ours yeah. or, um, you know, in the case of David and not to get into that, but a man after God's own heart. And he still was pretty jacked up in some pretty significant ways. Yeah. How do we reconcile those things? That's a great, great question. And I think that's a question that we should wrestle with at least over the next few weeks as we study the life of David. Um, to your point, I know, I know we even talked off, off air about how far do we go today into the life of David. Well, if you know anything about David, you know not only what we said yesterday, he's a man after God's own heart and he's amazing in so many obvious ways, but he also murdered he cheated on his wife. He stole somebody else's wife. Uh, he did not handle a couple very difficult situations in a God-honoring way. Um, how do we take in all the good and and just, if not discount the bad? How do we how do we you know push that aside um, to modern day spiritual leaders that have fallen? You know, I think of Rabbi Zacharias, who's just easily the most amazing apologetic speaker I've ever heard, just defending the Christian faith, explaining things in a way that makes so much sense, so brilliant. And then to find out he took advantage of women and really had major sin issues in his life over a long period of time. Mm. Like, I'm, what does that mean? Does that mean mm -hmm. any positive impact that he's had in my life is gone? I don't, I don't think so. I think of uh, closer to home, I think of Bill Hybels, and I think of, he was a longtime megachurch pastor in Chicago. Man, as a young pastor, uh, I read at least five or six of his books. I went to conferences, heard him speak. I was inspired by him. I learned a little bit of, of teaching technique from him. I, I think I chased harder after Jesus because of Bill Hybels. Mm. And then to find out he was a philanderer, you know, and and really mistreated women um, and ultimately led to him getting fired. And he's, he's now living in disgrace, you know, in Christian circles. What does that mean? Is, is he a hero? Is he a villain? Can I take the contributions of him that were positive in my life and, and not let that be overshadowed by the negative? It's a great question. It's a great question for, for us as we look at David. Um, I, I had, um, this same question raised, I, I heard it raised on a podcast I like to listen to. And I, I loved that one of the speakers took us of all places. In fact, I've got it right here. He took us to, uh, numbers chapter 20. Stay with me for just a moment. <laughs> Cause I, th I think this is helpful. We're going to look at Moses and Moses. Oh my gosh. If anybody's a hero in human history, it's Moses. Do we have to go into the amazing things that Moses did as a leader obviously with the power of God mm -hmm. in and behind him. Um, well into the Exodus, well into them on their way to the promised land. Moses has been leading for umpteen years. Numbers chapter 20 says there's no water. 
uh, everybody's rebelling against Moses and his brother Aaron. They're blaming Moses. They're complaining, which they did a lot. Uh, and then this is what God says to Moses. He says, you and Aaron must take the staff. This is a, a, a visible instrument that Moses used all the time. Take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there. Speak to that rock, and it's going to pour out water. I'm going to provide for all of our people all the water they need. All you got to do is speak to the rock. And so Moses got everybody together, and to paraphrase, he starts chewing everybody out. (laughs) He's so (laughs) put out with the people. He says, listen, you rebels. (laughs) He's like, do we need to bring water from this rock? And then it says in verse 11, Numbers 20, 11 says, then Moses raised his hand, struck the rock twice, just drops the hammer with his staff on the rock and water gushed out and the entire community and their livestock drank everything they needed. Then it says, the Lord says to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, because you struck the rock, you didn't speak to it like I told you to. Mm. And trust me, you just waylaid on the rock in your frustration. <laughs> you will not lead them into the land I'm giving them. This is the passage where God says, despite all this wonderful stuff you've done, you don't get to go to the promised land. And Joshua was the one that led them into the promised land. I've always been troubled by like, wow, Moses did all this heroic stuff. And God still dropped some consequence on him. You don't get to go to the place I have promised to all of our people because you don't trust me. You, mm. you messed up again. Um, but here's another thing that we should not miss. What did God do when Moses rebelled, when he um, struck the rock? He provided water for he all his people. It. He provided water for all his people. Yeah. And so I think that's a great example of a leader can be unfaithful. A leader who, who knows God, who loves God at some level, who has been journeying with God, can, can morally fail, can make a poor choice, can really misrepresent God's heart. And A, there's consequence for it. And B, God can still use our own junk to bring about what he wants. God can still use our disobedience mm-hmm. to provide for his people. So you can have a pastor, for example, you can have a pastor embezzle money from a church. True story. I don't know if anybody's heard those stories, you know, at different churches. Um, and people can still come to know Jesus. Yeah. From that pastor's leadership or preaching or he maybe he was just in the room when it happened. Um, you can have church leaders fight with each other behind the curtain. And you can still have people come to know Jesus, grow in their faith, take steps forward. Now, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum, and there may be some real negative consequences to to the pastor embezzling, to church leaders fighting, to all those things. But it's a reminder, just like Numbers 20 is, that God can still use us, broken and failures that we can be, Mm -hmm. for his glory. And it's a reminder, okay, there's still consequences. Guess what? Bill Hybels, I don't know where he is. I'm guessing he's probably in a home in Arizona in the middle of winter, kind of crying himself to sleep because he's lost everything. Hmm. You know, he's he's disgraced. Um, there's consequences. He doesn't get to keep doing what he used to do. But that doesn't change the fact that Bill Hybels is partly why I'm a pastor today. Yeah, Both those things are true. So I think with David, we can see unquestionably he's a man after God's own heart. There are things to learn 
from the life of David. He has a long track record of devotion, humility, and character, among other really beautiful God-honoring qualities. We can also see, wow, he was flawed. Hmm. He was a sinner like me and you. He, in some ways, that's even more encouraging. Yeah, like he's not some superhero from another planet. He's right. he's like you and me that has moments of impatience and anger and lust and um, praise God that God used that. You know, so I don't I don't know how much of that's helpful in the moment, but, um, numbers 20 has stuck with me when I think about heroes who fall, uh, and how God still uses them. I think it's, it's, it's still a, it's still a sticky thing, you know, cause it, it, it involves, um, sometimes it involves even the identity that you bring to yourself. Um, you know, and I think it's, it's one thing when it's like, uh, you know, you use Moses, right? Moses killed a guy. He did. And, and then ran, and then had to be convinced to come back. But he did, and then he spent the next forty years leading the people, and and, and you know, and, and and conversing with God, and and all of that. And so it's easy to look at that kind of thing and be like, "Wow!" But he he did that a long time ago, and I changed. I think it's another thing when it's like, yeah, "This is a guy I've looked up to for a long time," and then I just found out that wow, throughout this, you know, that's I think it's. It's it's just difficult, you know, when it's like there's there's yeah. you, you I think I think you get we get our identities wrapped up into, True. you know, well, am I this person because of True. somebody else? When you're right, God can still work through other things. God said, "Speak to the rock," and, and he, he was it. he was mad at the Israelites, and he swung his staff at him and hit the rock instead. Yeah. And I just see him like standing up there, like swinging at him, like <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, dang it, I hit the rock. Well, and and th- that another thought that comes to mind in the midst of this conversation is, you know, there's a difference between sin that we are prone to on any given day and unrepentant, ongoing sin. Yeah, I, I know that yeah. gets really gray and subjective, but um, you know, you're going to sin today right. and tomorrow and the next. I'm going to sin, and, and ugh, I hope I hope there's not anything super egregious or um, negatively impacting, especially for because we're leaders and we're pastors of people, but there's that, there's that potential. We live in cancel culture. I mean, in that like a growing term now. And if somebody says the wrong thing, Mm -hmm. including you and me, we get, we don't just get pushback. We don't just get frustration. We get canceled, you know, um, that's different than, okay, they keep doing this, you know, and they don't even see it. They're, they're not repentant about it. They're, they're punks about it. That's that's a different kind of um, reason for canceling, I think, if that makes any sense. And to your point, I mean, Moses, did he have a track record of going on and on and on and just defying the Lord and being a you know a jerk to his people? No, he didn't. Yeah. This was this was a moment. Now God took it seriously enough to give him consequence for it, mm-hmm. but um, which is something worth thinking about. But uh, he was still leading. He yeah. was still. He was still leading the next day, you know. Uh, can can I shift gears? We did have one question for the podcast sure. that gets gets further along into the life of David. Um, I mentioned yesterday that David was a unique man in the sense that he was not only a mighty warrior who wrecked shop and killed lions and bears and Philistine giants, and but he was also a poet and a musician. And uh, dare I say it, a journaler, 
(laughs) you know, we have the Psalms and, um, he was a unique guy. Like I, I have friends who are mighty warriors and I have friends who are feelers and artists and how many, those are not the same. Can you name that are all those things? I mean, I, I don't know that I can, you know? Um, and so David was a unique whole individual, uh, one of the questions that we got was um, jumping way ahead in the life of David to Second Samuel 15, and to basically catch us up, uh, he's got kids at this point. His son Absalom is mounting a coup. This, if you if you're fascinated by story, if you're yeah. fascinated by drama, you do not want to miss the life of David. Yeah, because he's he's literally the word conspiracy is right here in my <laughs> Bible. For I just I just per pique the interest of some of our listeners. Second uh, Samuel 15, verse 13 says, all Israel has joined Absalom in a conspiracy against you. It's one of his messengers. Um, and so for the first time in all of David's brilliant military career, he gets up with his folks, his entourage in Jerusalem, and he flees the capital. Like this is how dark and crazy things have gotten. Um, and then, uh, if I'm looking at my, my scripture here, he's so distraught that things are falling apart, that his own son is mounting a coup against him, that uh, this is where the question comes from in verse 30, 2 Samuel 15, verse 30. says, David walked up the road to the Mount of Olives. He was weeping as he went. His head was covered. His feet were bare as a sign of mourning. Uh, And the context of the passage, and there's hundreds of his own people following him and weeping with him. And this question was just like, "Isn't isn't that weak? Isn't that a sign of weakness to your people that publicly you're 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 crying? You're gonna cry about it and run away. Yeah, and you're fleeing and and um, I I don't know the the answer for sure to this. Um, who am I to speak to what's strong and what's weak as a as a leader? I don't have all the answers there, but I do think it speaks to the whole person of David. He wasn't just. I'm going to kill this lion with a club in my bare hands, you know. Mm-hmm. He was also a deep feeler and a lover of people and I think I think it speaks to his sadness of his own son mounting this this um overthrow of his leadership. I think it speaks to just being in touch with this is what's going on in in my realm, you know, under my leadership. Um I also think I this is where I'm it's pure speculation. I think it's so late in his reign. I think he knows where he is with his people. I think, you know, you, you, you show that kind of deep feeler, (laughs) distraught weakness, you know, six months in and you haven't done anything yet. Um, I, that may be problematic, but when you've overcome the enemy and you've fought battles and you have, you know, delivered your people and you have led well, I think he's given room for a moment of, of vulnerability. That's my two cents. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do think this, and by the way, this question asker was a woman. Mm. So uh, it's not some burly guy going, oh, what's he doing crying, man? Yeah, you know, right. It's not some John Wayne guy saying that. It's <laughs> it's a woman who's like, why is he showing that kind of, of feeler, you know, vulnerability and weakness to his people? Um, I would push back. I think it's uh, it's one more real, one more transparent look into the life of David that is a gift to us over time that there is Ecclesiastes says there's a time and a place to to dance there's a time and a place to weep 
There's a time and a place to, even as a leader, I would argue, to lead with boldness and confidence. And there's a time and a place to lament and, and be still for a moment. Um, that, that's my quick two cents. But I think maybe maybe even that's a little bit of a teaser for our listeners into, oh my goodness, take the time to read First and Second Samuel, some of the some of the books in, in Chronicles and Kings and, and look at um, look at the life of David and look at the context before, during, and after his reign. It's fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. And we there's a lot for us to learn from it. So as we as we wrap this thing up today. And knowing that there's a lot more to come and a lot more to dive into um, with the story of David and the things that we can learn from him in, in the context of the, the, the heroes and, um, you know, the people that we look up to, um, how, do we, how do we take this, your favorite question, how do we take this and apply it mm. right now? Well, I just want to, I guess, I guess for simplicity's sake, uh, I would encourage us just to go back to kind of where we landed yesterday with these are the ways God chose to train up David. He trained him with solitude. He trained him with obscurity, trained him in the middle of nowhere privately. He trained him with monotony, just putting one foot faithfully in front of the other. Uh, And then of course he trained him with some real world challenges, some reality. Um, I think as each of us tries to apply this, as we try to, as, as we long for God to continue to grow us up and change us, that's really what I think is where we're supposed to be is, okay, God, how do you want to train me up? How do you want to continue to, to, to sanctify me? That's the, the fancy um, theological term. Change me continually from the inside out. Okay, how does he want to use those tools? Um, we had a great conversation last night. Our, our small group here at church meets on Sunday nights. We hadn't met consistently in a while. It was really good to be together. And we talked about just the monotony of our jobs at times, mm-hmm. um, the obscurity of nobody knowing what we're doing and if it's making a difference. Um, and uh, maybe, maybe I'll close with this. I think one of the strongest lessons I've received in that context is – is just the call to really be present in that monotony, present in that obscurity, instead of looking forward eagerly, anxiously to another season. I mean, how often do we go, oh, it's Monday. I can't wait till Friday. <laughs> you know, we, how often do we go, oh, I'm battling this sickness. You know, I'm going to be happier when right. this is gone. Okay, I, I've got this cruise speaking the James family language. I got this cruise <laughs> coming up in two months. If I can just survive the next two months, then life's going to be really good for five days, yeah. you know, in the Bahamas. If there, there's things we, we, we look forward to some of that's okay. But, um, one of my favorite teachers when I was a lot younger, he said, uh, that envy, which includes of the future, mm-hmm. envy is the thief of our joy. Mm. And so we can be robbed of, Maybe it's monotonous. Maybe it's obscure. Maybe it's lonely. Um, we can be robbed of everything God wants to do in and through us, including the joy He wants us to experience here and now, because we're just we're so looking forward to that that hypothetical contentment down the road. Um, and that's I think that's a lesson for all of us. Often, I don't think that's a one time lesson. Yeah. You know, even as I say it out loud, I, I I like that God's reminding me 
Um, I grabbed one verse because I was wondering if I was going to get to share that today. Proverbs 14, 30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. And so I think that's a direct application. To David, how many, how many days, weeks, months, years did he shepherd a bunch of stupid sheep in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> and, and we don't know for sure, but how much did he just long for something different? How much was he just completely not present? Mm-hmm. Versus how much was he like enjoying God's creation, enjoying connection with the Lord spiritually, uh, enjoying the freedom he had in that moment, um, and present instead of just longing for something else. Yeah. Spoiler alert, he gets named king. And you know one of the first things he does after he gets named king? This blows my mind. He went back to the sheep. Hmm. He went back to shepherd. I mean, how many of us be like, new job, Bye-bye. see you suckers, you know, like I'm the king now. Like there's something about being present where we are and trusting that God's not hurrying when he grows us up. He's, he's slowly changing us. I think, uh, I think that's a good application. Yeah. And I think, I think there's also, it's, it's not always a bad thing to be looking for, for something, you know, it, it, David's. You know, how long, God, how long are we going to... Yeah, that's true. Wow. How long are we going to deal with this? How long until you finally do something about yep. this? That, yes, there's obviously the other side of that that's like, okay, we're still here. We're here and we're here yep. now. That's, that's, a great, that's a great way to finish. It's, it's both and. Seriously, Brooke, that's a great word is how long, how long, oh, how much longer, God, and... But... I will continue to trust you. Yeah. I will continue to worship you. I will I will follow you faithfully. Yeah. You too, the song 40. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. It's right out of Psalm 40. One of my favorite U2 songs. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sing it. I will start. I will start it. That would have ruined everything. <laughs> that would have been so bad. Well, before uh, Lauren starts singing for us, um, we're going to stop this. We'll pause the conversation and the future singing We'll save that for next week. You can sing us your favorite U2 songs. Uh, we can kick it off that way, I'm sure. We won't need the intro music. We'll just let you sing. That'll be good. We're going to do a whole episode on favorite U2 songs? I, 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 I we'll, do that. We'll do that on a day I'm gone. Okay. I'll just let you. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just show you how to hit record, and I'll walk away. Okay, this has been the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial, colonialchurch.com, or... You can get our app from the App Store, the Google Play Store. That's where we uh, keep most of our current events and all that kind of stuff. We'd love to hear from you guys. Send us your questions, especially going through David. And uh, he's, a, he's a confusing guy in a lot of ways, and, or, or a contradictory way guy in, in some of the things that we, uh, that we currently think and, and feel. So um, send us your questions. Give us your feedback. Podcast at colonialchurch.com. Um, thanks for listening. We will pick up the conversation again next week.